Hello, Dr. Ricky Aronson, and welcome to another episode of Happy Healthy Ever After, a seriously humorous guide to heterosexual love, gender differences, and sex. Welcome to Happy Healthy Ever After, part two of Gender Stereotypes. In part one, I discussed how many gender differences are genetic and based on evolutionary survival roles. In this episode, let's see how some of these male and female differences play out in relationships and the real world. A wife sends her husband to get the butter in the fridge. He looks hard for a while before shouting out, There's no butter in the fridge. She yells back, Yes, it's in a new package on the shelf. He looks again and replies, No, not here. You must have forgotten to buy it. His wife, after briefly contemplating grabbing a blunt, heavy object to strike him with, marches over and finds the butter in two seconds. It's right here. How is this possible? There is some science that explains this phenomenon. Men have a hard time finding things right in front of their eyes because they have evolved to be protectors and hunters. They approach tasks with a single-minded focus. Functional brain mapping using MRI equipment has demonstrated that males focus activity in one area of the brain when they are concentrating, whereas women tend to use their brains more diversely. This difference is evidenced in how we see most men manage their thoughts in a compartmentalized fashion, whereas women think more fluidly and use rapid sequencing to think of multiple things one after another. Men are always busy thinking, while women are thinking busy. This difference in physiology also impacts on peripheral vision, with studies demonstrating significant female superiority in this area. By design or necessity, the last several hundred millennia of human evolution have seen women charged with the role of being mothers and primary caregivers to their families. They require emotional intelligence and specialized skills for the complex task of managing human psychology and raising children and caring for their male mates. Many wives can keep in mind the location and emotional status of all their family members, while at the same time cooking three dishes, conducting a Zoom work meeting, and assisting children with homework. Being an effective mother requires multidimensional focus and the ability to keep many balls in the air at once. By contrast, in evolutionary terms, when men hunt and fight, they are single-minded activities. For them, it often boils down to kill or be killed. There is no opportunity to think about what children's homework is due tomorrow or whether there are too many unwashed dishes in the sink. Men possess similar emotional complexity and needs as women. We're all human, but there are subtle physiological differences in the structure and function of male and female brains, which enable the enhancement of different survival abilities in each gender. Males contribute to human survival by protecting the species, while females contribute by nurturing the next generations. I'm talking about millions of years of brain evolution here, not whether modern men can or cannot nurture children, or if modern women can or cannot drive tanks or fight in the military as well as men. Sociologists might debate whether sexism and socializations are the actual architects of this different brain function evolution, but the reality is that women have the physical and psychological design to incubate and nurture babies, whereas men do not. Human survival depends on the female ability to manage these complex functions, and so women have evolved to be equipped with specialized emotional and cognitive abilities. Because of the intensity and singularity of male brain focus, when men look for an item, they have a clear and finite picture of what they are looking for. 
If what they see differs even slightly from the image in their brains, they cannot identify the correct object. For example, they might search for the butter in its usual blue packaging they are familiar with. If they see butter in a red box, they will not recognize it. This becomes more complicated when the object is hidden underneath or behind something because that makes it even less recognizable to them. The male's laser eyes home in on one spot in the fridge with a specific target in mind. If the image they see differs from the template they are applying in their brain, confusion results and they are unable to complete their mission, often to the frustration of their commander wives. You could say that women are able to use their brains, whereas men tend to use one small part of their brains at any given time. And let's face it, sometimes male thoughts are ruled by an even smaller part of their anatomy. There are certain tasks like backing up a car with a trailer that benefit from this male brain technique. A popular theory is that the multiple signals going on in female brains make reverse parking with a trailer more challenging for them. Behind the theory, though, is some actual research. Official multicentric data from driving tests demonstrates that women fail reverse and parallel parking about twice as frequently as men do. For example, long-term data released by the United Kingdom Driving Standards Agency revealed that for similarly matched cohorts, women committed 3,367 errors while parking, compared to 1,652 by men during the same period. Men were far more likely to fail due to reckless driving and ignoring road rules. Hardly a surprise. Any argument about sexist examiners is difficult to prosecute because the failure rates between genders were similar overall. Technological advances in the past century have allowed women far greater liberty to make choices about career and family. Traditional gender roles have been superseded by modernity, such that being female is no longer necessarily a disadvantage to career or professional advancement. Similarly, gender brain differences no longer preclude men from equal sharing of child upbringing or housework responsibilities. All humans, male, female, or non-binary, can now commit themselves to becoming the best relationship partners, parents, and homekeepers possible. Now let's talk about whether women really can multitask better than men. As male and female brains have evolved to be skilled at different things, most women have a certain multi-sense in time and space that men lack. While performing simple and complex activities, they retain perspective outside their current mission. Their brains work in four dimensions, unlike men who have single-minded, more one-dimensional brains. Hence, women can perform office work while retaining awareness of what time the baby is likely to wake up and what needs to be done to prepare the next meal. Even with all of this going on, many women maintain the requisite concentration and effectiveness to complete the job at hand. Most significantly, they can task distract. They can turn away from a task when the need arises and then go right back to it. If a child is crying or it's time to pick up one of the kids from a friend's house, most women can shift their attention, stop what they're doing, and prioritize the more pressing matter. Even during sex, you won't find too many men who want to task distract when the baby starts crying. They're going to be saying, hey, why don't we just finish up? The baby will survive crying for another two minutes. Give it up, dude. It's hopeless. You may as well stop now. A wife is never going to agree to that. Most guys cannot achieve multitasking. Men are consumed by any single task that requires their heroic attention, and they lose all awareness of time and space. They may be busy with something as unimportant as hammering a nail or reading a news headline, but any attempt to distract them before task completion will be met with resistance. 
wife. Honey, Russia has just declared war on the US and launched their entire nuclear arsenal. Husband, okay, fine, but can't you see I'm busy fixing the refrigerator light? Or wife, yikes, Johnny has jumped on the roof wearing his Batman suit and he's about to jump off. Husband, don't bother me now. I'm sure it can wait. I've got to finish writing this email to my secretary. When preoccupied with any task, great or small, blokes may be able to, at best, conjure a vague sense that they possess a wife and children, but they don't have time for such trivial matters right now. Their focus could not be diverted by an imminent attack of zombies at the front door, or even the report of a flying saucer landing in the garden and scooping up the kids. The only way for a wife to distract her husband is to walk past him naked. Today's politically correct ideology often avoids admitting that women are better rapid taskers, but this is possibly because it can lead to the conclusion that women should do most of the housework. Women may be better at this, but it's no excuse for men being slack. Each relationship must manage the needs of the couple in a positive way that makes both partners feel happy and supported. A good hint to husbands, don't ever try the line, hey honey, I can chat to you while I'm busy on my mobile phone. That's only going to lead to an enraged wife. Let's talk a bit about the compartmentalization of male brains and the problem with men going to their so-called empty box. So men's minds are compartmentalized into discrete individual boxes, each containing a different subject. Unlike women who use their brains diversely, men struggle to shift from one box to another. Worse still, when wives ask questions, Husbands often open the corresponding box in their brain and, to their despair, find it completely empty. Questions like, which curtains do you prefer, the blue or the green ones? Should I buy a new vase for the dining room table? As hard as they search the box, men can find no useful content. Their wives become increasingly exasperated. Surely you must have some opinion. The poor guy gapes helplessly. The box is completely empty. Many men like to go into their empty box to unwind. This is one of the reasons guys like going fishing or staring vacantly at a ball bouncing around on a television screen. This can cause conflict because there's the risk that wives will perceive their withdrawal as a symptom of relationship deterioration. When couples fight, this situation can exacerbate the conflict. When wives become frustrated because they feel neglected, the likely result is that they will pressure their husbands to engage with them. But since this can exacerbate male stress, the man will often withdraw even more. In some cases, men retreat to the empty box to escape their wives. When the wife invades the box, there is nowhere else to go, and he tries to eject her. As perceptive as women are, they just don't get the hint in this case, so any relationship resentment is heightened on both sides. Understanding this common dynamic can be helpful to both partners. Men need to accept that their wives prefer constructive dialogue. And it's better for relationships to talk about issues. Stressed husbands do sometimes need a bit of space, so wives fussing over their quiet time can be counterproductive. Another problem for many women is that most men have a box called sex, and the light in that one stays on most of the time. If a wife is not in the mood or doesn't have spare time, a misplaced hug or show of affection could initiate the so-called launch sequence. Once men go into that box in their brains labeled sex, which they do a lot, they become much more reproductive than productive. So unsuspecting wives, be warned. 
In my last podcast, I spoke about how women tend to connect more readily and powerfully to emotion than men. And they are generally more emotionally connected in certain ways. You can go to a playground anywhere in the world, and no matter what the social culture, boys will be boys and girls will be girls. You will see similar behaviors, which is a great contradiction to the idea that this has anything to do with socialization. The boys are going to be punching each other on the arm and being manly, and the girls are often hugging each other, crying, chatting, laughing, sharing emotion. It's just not the same, and it has nothing to do with culture. You can go to a car accident scene, and often there are women standing around crying and men standing around being manly. This is the way we were designed. It has nothing to do with sexism or socialization. The fact that women tend to connect much more powerfully emotionally with sex has great significance for relationships and also conflict between men and women. And there is the old adage that men often use love to get sex and women use sex to get love. Nevertheless, I'm going to leave this for the next podcast, which will be about how male-female differences play out in sex and sexual relationships. However, there are other significant emotional repercussions of the way that women emotionally connect. And one of them is that women having been evolved in the specialized role of nesting are quite emotionally connected to the domestic upkeep, whereas men tend to care a lot less about domestic issues. Men often come home and direct discussions towards practical issues and the daily occurrences at work, so they fail to appreciate the efforts and care taken by their wives in the home. Or as I like to say, women are care machines while men are mission machines. My wife sometimes becomes upset because I don't notice something that she's done around the house. I'll ask, why didn't you just tell me? And I would have thanked you. This is frustrating to her because her angst resulted from my failure to notice. I've come to realize that we have to be sensitive to the needs of our partners. I try to be attentive to the things my wife cares about to ensure that I acknowledge and value them. I've learned the useful habit of putting away my cell phone when I get home from work, giving my wife my full attention, and listening to what she tells me. Unfortunately, no matter what I try, I'm utterly useless when it comes to noticing that she has tidied up or redecorated. After I've been in the room for a while, she'll say, when you came home, did you notice anything? At this point, the only thing I've started to notice is that I'm in trouble. Because men are always on a quest, they easily neglect to notice some mess lying around the house. It's just not that important to them. They tread mindlessly through piles of dirty laundry, their thoughts engrossed elsewhere. Wives ask, how is it possible to tramp on a pile of your dirty socks and underwear and not even notice? But as we know, this is not only possible, but highly probable. Guys who aspire to improve their marital relationships would do well to condition themselves to become more aware, not just so they can thank their spouses, but also so they can lend a hand in keeping the home tidy. Embracing their feminine side, broadening their emotional range, sharing feelings and caring will only enhance their relationships and do much to fill their home with love and appreciation. When males embrace their feminine side, broaden their emotional range, share feelings, and care for their partner, this will do much to enhance marriage and love. I'd like to give a more balanced view on gender stereotypes related to housework. For all of the male flaws, the male penchant for making repetitive, irritating jokes and sounds, a reluctance to engage in mature conversation, 
and a natural ability to stomp blindly through a pile of dirty laundry, it is a miracle that nonetheless heterosexual women actually find men attractive. This begins in their teenage and young adult years when they begin pursuing the perfect man. Unfortunately, since there is no such thing, they settle for marrying average guys, as my wife did. But then they go about nurturing their guy to help him become the best husband he can be. Most women enjoy this because they are designed to be nurturing. And men love being cared for and fussed over. In most cases, men return the compliment by adoring their wives. Recently, I encountered the term weaponized incompetence, the idea that men pretend to be incompetent at housework to get out of doing it. Allow me to dispute this idea that men are pretending to be incompetent. The fact is we are not pretending. We are genuinely often incompetent, but there are good reasons for it. If men and women were truly the same, both sexes would care equally about housework and men would need to be nagged. When someone cares deeply about something, they invest time and energy in it naturally because they care. Proof, most men do not need to be nagged to remember to have sex. Women, having evolved to be nesters, are designed to care about domestic upkeep, and many are house-proud. Science tells us, however, that men truly don't have the evolutionary genetic background to care much about tidying up their domicile. Even if we propose, contrary to scientific evidence, that their lower domestic awareness and concern is due to upbringing and socialization, it must be recognized that our social genetics have evolved over millennia, with men being the hunters and protectors and women being nesters. The sudden seismic change today in societal fashion, demanding that men become as capable as women domestically, defies hundreds of thousands of years of genetic evolution and social conditioning. It may be desirable for men to do their fair share, but this aspiration does not magically transform their genetic capabilities, which have evolved for other specialized roles. It is sexist, denigrating, and divisive to propose that men have nothing better to do than to create a massive global conspiracy that teaches boys to pretend from an early age that they can't notice messes lying around. This is aside from the obvious practical difficulties of maintaining this conspiracy. Perhaps men pass these messages around by some secret code in a microchip that we keep in our shoes. That's why we only want to wear one pair, the one with the microchip. I mean, come on. Most husbands love their wives and they want to keep them happy. Besides, many men have better things to do than working on finding new ways to irritate their wives. We have a natural talent to do that without being creative, but it's an impediment to marital happiness and more frequent sex. So it's not something we would want to try to do intentionally. Personally, I've always found that my weaponized incompetence has targeted me far more than my wife. Firstly, she becomes irritated when I can't find things in cupboards. I can't see how this helps me because I like keeping her happy. Besides, it wastes my time because it takes me longer to find things. It's frustrating. What's more, it doesn't discourage her from sending me to fetch things from the fridge and cupboards. Despite spending many years looking after the house and young children while my wife was doing her emergency doctor shifts, I always found it enormously challenging and exhausting. Frequently, she came home at 11 p.m. and asked me, why are you showering and having dinner now? I replied, it's my first meal of the day. I've been too busy taking care of the children. This always irritated her and she would ask quite perplexed, why can't you look after the children and take care of yourself at the same time? The answer, of course, is that women are designed for this role and they've been doing it for thousands of years, whereas men do not have the same genetics. It isn't about value judgments or politics, 
but biology. Women are designed to nurture families. Many of them enjoy taking care of their imperfect husbands, even if it takes hard work. Likewise, many husbands are challenged by the need to step up and share the domestic upkeep. This does not mean that they should not do it because it takes hard work to take care of each other, but it's worth it. Today, most men don't do much hunting and fighting. So there is truly a need for a social evolution to mature and encourage men to care for exhausted wives and work towards a more modern mindset geared towards happy coexistence. And let's face it, we live in a very busy world where both parents have to pull their weight or the marriage may not survive. So here's my solution. Men who don't care about housework should do their fair share because they do care about their wives. Marriage is all about sharing priorities and taking care of each other. Doing only the things that we care about is not true love, but selfishness. Now let's look into the stereotype that men love clowning around and being funny. Men are actually generally quite fun and funny, or at least they like to think so. There may be good reasons for this. Most women rank a good sense of humor as one of the more important attributes that will attract them to men. So if you're a salesman trying to sell your wares to a female market, to attract that market, you want to have the attributes that they actually like. Women like men to be funny. Women love to have guys around for entertainment for a while. Many later need a break and resort to better alternatives like Netflix and knitting. Some women look disapprovingly at men who are being silly and making dumb jokes, but many are attracted to the likable rogue quality so natural to those who carry XY chromosomes. But let's not forget in terms of courtship that laughter generates positive hormones. It generates togetherness. It brings minds together. And after, and after all, fun and laughter are what dating is all about. Women, like all other human beings, want to be entertained. And if you want to look at this in evolutionary terms and look at other mammals, often the men, the male bucks, are clashing horns while the women stand by watching. Nowadays, when men aren't clashing horns, you'll find young groups of men standing around, clowning around, trying to impress women by making them laugh. And who do the women get more impressed by? Often the guys who are funny and entertaining. Hence, this gender stereotype is actually part of normal, natural male courtship behavior. Recently, my wife was tidying up a local charity warehouse. A nearby high school sent over some teenagers to assist. My wife assigned tasks to the group. 30 minutes later, she went to check on their progress. The boys were kicking around a tennis ball and competing to see how many boxes of fragile glass ornaments they could carry on their heads at once, while the girls were doing the actual work. It wasn't hard to see why many households rely on wives to be the responsible adults. But is this a gender stereotype that young men are hypersexual, more impulsive, and less, shall we say, civilized than their female counterparts? Well, there is actually a scientific reason for this. Women myelinate their frontal lobes, completing the development of the part of the brain that controls impulse and behavior much earlier than men who only finish this process well into their 20s. This explains a lot about young men. Their brains are still under construction. Many females attain adulthood in their adolescent years, while the best of men become adolescents only by the time they turn 30. In some cases, the male life cycle may be too short for attainment of actual adulthood. Hence the complaint that having a husband is like having an extra child. Recently, my wife chided me with, you're behaving like a five-year-old. 
I was delighted at my rapid maturation because just one week earlier, she had told me I was acting like a two-year-old. Now, before I reach the conclusion, a very positive spin on gender stereotypes. Most significantly, women make wonderful wives and mothers. This is fundamental to the survival of families and children, and most of us have benefited from their incredible skills and temperaments. Whenever my children need practical assistance, they call for their mother. My wife's favorite refrain is, two parents. She lives in the hope that our children will decide that they have two functional parents rather than one, so that they sometimes approach the other parent for help instead of bothering her all the time. When my daughter was just five years old, we asked her which parent she would take with her to a desert island if she had to make a choice. She replied, dad if I wanted entertainment and mom if I wanted to survive. Now, before we conclude, I have to put to bed an illogic that is commonly applied. Just because we accept that there are certain biological gender stereotypes does not mean that we don't accept that humans are diverse and there are people that just don't fit into these stereotypes. Stereotypes are just common patterns that most people encounter. There are many men who love being pretty. There are women who want to be macho. There are men who want to wear dresses. Accepting gender stereotypes as being common does not preclude tolerating those who are different. By the same token, there is a great difference in understanding that men and women have certain biological differences and prescribing that women should take care of men or have assigned gender roles. Just accepting biology doesn't stop us from helping women attain their aspirations in the workplace, be mothers if they want to be mothers, have equality, and be celebrated for all of their diverse skills and abilities. There is no place in the modern world for women being brought up that they should serve men or for men not to pull their weight in the household because their wives are depending on them. And after all, fundamentally, men and women are designed to take care of each other. Thanks for listening to another episode of Happy Healthy Ever After. Make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And I'd love you to share this podcast with any friends, family, or colleagues who might be interested in the show. The content and opinions on these podcasts are my own and do not reflect the views of my employer or affiliates. Content is not intended as a substitute for professional health and relationship advice.